So come on you vixens, big game ahead. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 25 of the Bristol City Vixen cast, a podcast all about Bristol City women who no longer play in the Barclays FAWSL. My name is DM Withers. I'm Nat Brown. And I'm Shahan Mia. Uh, don't forget, if you haven't already, uh, please leave a review or which, whichever podcast provider you listen to us on. And don't forget to uh, rate and subscribe as well. And uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Search for Bristol City Vixencast. Uh, just before we start DMing that, I just want to give a big shout out. First of all, thank you to you too for letting me be a part of the podcast this season. Uh, and yeah, just, you know, being able to talk about the football this season and while the football probably hasn't been the best, obviously, um, talking about this and also entertaining the other Bristol City women fans and the women's f- and other fans across the women's football community, I feel like I've done my part in helping entertain them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, thanks for you know, being here and, you know, couldn't, couldn't do it without you. So it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a real team effort, isn't it? So, yeah. um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good to talk about the season, even though I'm going to get emotional. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God. We're only like 30 seconds in. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, well, I don't think we'll come back from this, Shahan. I think we may as well just stop now. I mean, while DM, uh, is getting himself, um, <laughs> you know, ready. Um, I just, of course, I <laughs> just want to point out to our listeners that this is our last match day episode of the season. At least the season's over in a way. So that's one positive thing. And yeah. of course, we are still recording this virtually. Next season, hopefully we'll be able to record episodes physically together, whether it be a DM in Nat's house or even at games or even both. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, looking forward to kind of a slightly more physical experience of recording. I do enjoy um, either being able to sit around a table or go to a game and and experience it. So um, yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully when next season rolls around, regardless of you know, you know, of what where we where we play and who we play against hopefully we'll just have a nice time recording the podcast i'm sure it's mm-hmm. going to be i'm sure it's going to be really good in the championship actually so i'm 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 fully looking forward to it um speaking as you know I, yeah fans of of men's football as well uh, dm's obviously a norwich city fan and they are the ultimate yo-yo club aren't they they go up and down between the premiership and the championship and i have to say that the the men's championship is is a blast is really good fun so there's a good chance that the women's championship is also going to be good fun. Um, we'll play well, some teams. Last we'll... time we were there, but it was it was WSL too. It was it was still you know it's a good it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, hopefully hopefully there'll be some good football and we can enjoy it together as fans. So that's that's still the club's still there, we're still there, and uh, no one can take that away from us. And while we all look forward to that in the future. Unfortunately, we have to go over the past, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which happened yesterday on the uh, 9th of May, 2021, when Bristol City women unfortunately failed to beat Brian Hove Albion, losing 3-1 uh, with goals from um, Maya Letizier, Lee German 
and Anessa Kagman, as well as a consolation goal from Abby Harrison. Um, one piece of interesting news uh, before the games this weekend, actually two pieces of interesting news. Um, first of all, Birmingham got deducted the point following the FA uh, um, investigation in, in, for them fielding an ineligible player in their game against Reading. So that pushed Birmingham back uh, within a couple of points just above Bristol City. Um, and of course, as with all WSL games this weekend, there was a minute of applause held in the uh, memory of former Donny Bell's manager, Julie Chipchase, who I will admit, unfortunately, because I'm relatively new to, still relatively new to the game of women's football, I was not aware of a vast contribution. Uh, yeah, and looking at the uh, match day squad, uh, Matt Bitt announced the same starting 11 as he did uh, for the game against Manchester United. With the subs bench, Laura Rafferty was unable to play due to um, playing, um, being on loan from Brighton. Uh, Maisie Collis was back in the bench. Uh, Megan Wynn made her first appearance of the season after suffering an ACL injury in preseason, uh, and the bizarre circumstance of Ella Mashantonio being missing from the squad altogether. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, so well, great to see Megan Wynn uh, on the bench. That's been it's been a real story, hasn't it? Her injury mm. and recovery over the season. So it's great that great to to see her back fit. Um, obviously in absolutely no time to play a single. Did she play a minute? No. She come on? No, she didn't come she on. She didn't come on at all. So there we go. Um, so hopefully that means that she'll have a good preseason and uh, be really fit for the start of the new season. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the maestro? I mean, there was, <laughs> I mean the one interesting factor about uh, Emma Mashantini being missing was at the same time of the match day squad announcement, she posted an Instagram story of herself in Cardiff. Clearly, she was not selected, or there was no news of any injury, if there was one. It's definitely a big miss for Bristol, actually. And um, I had a really interesting statistic yesterday that was uh, Elma Strantonio, out of all the Bristol players, she had the most accuracy passing rate. Sorry if I've misquoted that. I think it was uh, um, pass completion, wasn't pass it? Pass completion rate. That was um, Craig Hadley. Um, told told us that yesterday um because he's obviously very well well researched well prepared young man and um but yeah pass that's across the whole squad across the whole season and I just think that it says a lot really and I think it's it's again it's a massive shame that um we needed someone like her yesterday in the middle of the park we just weren't yeah we, we weren't there we didn't have we anyone that there. was mm. playing football we didn't we didn't pass the ball really at all uh, it just it was a failure upon failure to pass the ball and i well we were talking about the system so i've got no problem with the system where you have that you know a player sat in front of a back four but it's got to be the right player jazz matthews can do it because as well as being a defender she's actually a really really good passer of the ball you know remember last season's epic um assist for ebony salmon's goal you know she can pass the ball beautifully so although she's a defender, she can play in a midfield role because she's a, she's got good vision and she can break up the play and pass the ball. That's what you need to do in that role. And you, it's, it's fine to have Kira skills there, but is she as good at, in that role? Not really. So, and, and fair enough because she's a brilliant central defender, like play her where she can be brilliant. Don't play her somewhere where she can just be uh, out of position it's, it's not play fair Amy at all. Palmer play, play Amy Palmer there exactly Amy Palmer's very happy sitting deeper and passing the ball about she's quite you know she's quite combative she's quite happy to you know 
tackle and get into people's faces and stuff like that you need someone who can break it up and pass it and actually think about like Abby Harrison's goal uh against Arsenal that was a master Antonio break it up and pass it and that is what we just didn't have we didn't have someone to do that whole job it's a very complete little little role isn't it break it up and pass it and and it takes a really skillful player to do it and I feel like we just yeah our, one of our more skillful intelligent experienced players just didn't wasn't able to do their job and that's that's not okay I mean speaking of players I was missing I forgot to mention this earlier um regarding the squad um there was no Naomi Lazel, which was I don't know if I was a preventative measure just in case she was going to give away another uh handball penalty like she did in the F in the <laughs> FA <Cup> game <laughs> handball penalty quote unquote mm-hmm. and also um unlike that game uh, this referee decided that there was no kick clashes, so Bristol City were able to play in their red and white home kit, and of course, Sophie Bagley still getting to wear her, her My Little Pony away goalkeeper kit, uh, which had no clash with Brighton's blue and white kit. Yeah, and it looked every everybody looked lovely um, in that respect. In terms of the first half, what what did you make of it, Shahan? I mean, I thought it got, got to a great start, you know, um, when Charlie Wenz immediately won the corner for City. I thought, oh, there could be something here. But uh, Evan, Gemma Evans took the goal, but unfortunately there was no successful shot. And for as long as we keep the ball, you know, give Brighton a challenge, and then hopefully we, we'd be able to get something out of it in the first half. But unfortunately, the old curse of conceding within the few, first few minutes happened again when Maya Letizier scored on the sixth minute a rubbish goal to concede obviously the timing of it was terrible and we had been on top and you know you're just like oh shit we're behind and you get that real sense of yeah we're behind but this is the last game of the season now and it's just yeah it was a real it was rubbish it was just it was really bad bad and we lost it then didn't we we just lost it Yes, um, I mean, I think City tried to come back in the first half. I mean, I remember on the 15th minute, like, Matt Beard clearly saying something to the ref. I think something along the lines of, well, how can you give it if you couldn't see it? Like, clearly arguing or trying to entice the referee. And, of course, the commentator had to apologise for the foul language that the viewers may have heard (laughs) from Matt Beard. Yeah, I mean, that has to be said. The ref was not good yesterday at all, as much as we weren't very good um, and lost the game the ref was blowing the whistle like there's no tr- tomorrow and some of the decisions were were quite soft I think um, and it just yeah it broke up the flow of the game and it was it was just yeah it was really frustrating she was just blowing all the time I think she it was bad it was it was poor played into Brighton's hands didn't it that mm-hmm. you know they very they took great control over the game, and I think the amount of stops and unnecessary seeming free kicks uh, really helped them. Mm-hmm. Great deal. I think one other thing I noticed about the, the first half was, um, of course, Ebony Salmon got booked uh, uh, within the stoppage time of the first half, and um, and the thing the commentator said something about like the players, you know, feeling the pressure or you know getting very not so much emotional, but like getting like angry or getting like you know pretty strong in their challenges and fouls. Um, I think just, you know, during the halftime, I've, I spoke with DM, well, we spoke on the, on, on the chat, and didn't we say that, um, well, didn't you say that you, you thought the players were playing our position or at least Salmon was our position? 
well she was playing on the left wasn't she and that was the other thing is just it just like the everybody looked confused I thought they just they because we had no control in the midfield because you've got pike and salmon in the midfield and they just are two players you can't like can't control from the midfield I've, I've actually never seen Carla Humphrey Pike and Humphrey you know control a match from the midfield like I've never seen I've seen her I've seen her play well in midfield but I've never seen her boss the midfield and both of them they're quite similar players in some respects I wouldn't say they're luxury players because that's you know possibly a stretch too far they're both creative midfielders I suppose like linking up midfielders and and at some point I thought Pike was even playing as a centre forward or doing that kind of yeah yeah it's it, it's shades of I think when we play when you get when Charlie Wellings gets lost in a formation and you don't know where she's playing and similar actually to Yana Daniels when when their their sort of function in the in the team becomes absorbed in a really confused way that's when we start playing badly and that's when we're really ineffective and yeah as I say like Ebony Salmon was playing on the left and I don't know who was playing centre forward like was it Dan was it Wellings was it you know pike what who yeah nobody knew there was a lot of like supposed rotation of that space i think wasn't there presumably i think that um there was something to do with the line maybe if they were gonna if they were gonna sit deep as a if brighton were gonna sit deeper as a defensive unit there's no point having salmon right up at the front because as soon as she gets on the ball she'll be it'll be running beyond her think that's what it was probably trying to do to ena- enable salmon to pick up the ball deeper and run at people but it was very ineffective she didn't really pick up the ball and run at people and she only started to look effective actually when harrison came on mm. i thought and then then she kind of came to life and had someone to bounce off i actually think those two could could have built a quite good relationship if they'd have played a bit more mind you salmon and wellings often Mm-hmm. when they function more like a two or three as as you know i think they look they look half decent together because uh, yeah there was there was actually a a sweet spot i think in the season where salmon was playing really well but she was being supported absolutely brilliantly by harrison and wellings and probably thinking about like the reading game or something that kind of moment where where we look like a real attacking force where we look like we could score goals and, and move the ball quickly and play with a bit of pizzazz yeah a bit of flair and actually kind of look really confident on the ball but we had a solid we had a solid midfield during those games um and I just didn't feel like we had one today well it was either Palmer or Master Antonio would have been playing or we had Jazz Matthews it was the moment maybe when Jazz Matthews got injured I think think Jazz was out that game wasn't she was that her first game out she wasn't in that game I don't know if Amy Palmer was playing that but and Master Antonio came on as a substitute, but we were definitely... It was def- Palmer for Master Antonio. One of them was always playing in that role. And before that, it was Jazz Matthews for a few games. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It just was, it just, I thought we created absolutely nothing in that first half. And we didn't look like we would have scored in, you know, like a century playing with those players on the pitch in this game or in that game. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's again. Why not change it at half time? You've got no no other chances. It, exactly, DM. Exactly that. And um, one last thing I want to say about the first half. Um, again, I don't know if this was pure shit or or 
or just like desperation. But on the 10th minute, uh, Yana Daniels, who of course we wished a happy birthday because it was her birthday last Saturday, um, was fouled. Um, as she, as we usually talk about in every episode, uh, she got fouled after a tackle. And I don't know if you noticed the that, but um, she stayed down, uh, thinking that the ref was going to give the foul or, or stop the stop play. But uh, of course, play carried on as normal, and you could see eventually, like after being down on the ground, after a few seconds, she got up or she got ahead of she, she turned around, and then you see her slowly get up and then just carry on with the game. I. I think you're you're like a absolute focus on on Yana Daniels is is, is unparalleled. Um, I I think you're always watching, always watching, always her, watching, Yana. kind of missing missing out on all of this, um, all of these details. But um, but yeah, I'll take your word for it that that's I mean, what happened. When we're back recording the podcast, you know, at the game, of course, I I probably won't have as much observance as we I have been all season, but. Yeah, um, I just thought that was a very funny moment from Yana Daniels. I don't know if it was genuine or not, but at least she tried. Uh, <laughs> um, moving on to the second half, there was no halftime subs. And of course, um, the first key moment of the game was in the 51st minute when um, I was almost going to say Lee German, but I was misreading my handwriting. The South Korean player, not called Lee German, but Lee German, um, smashed the ball in off the, uh, the underside of the bar, making a 2-0 to Brighton. And within um, three minutes later, Matt Beard made the, the first sub of the game, or the first sub for Bristol City. It was a triple sub with Abby Harrison, Emma Bissell, and Amy Palmer coming on for Charlie Wellens, Carter Humphrey, and Faye Bryson, respectively. Um, and I, of course, um, Abby Harrison went on to make an impact because on the 60th minute, she scrambled, scrambled in, uh, the cross after Jan Daniels' header. And, of course, that was her first goal, I believe, um, since the 3-1 fixture at Arsenal back in October. Uh, so, yeah, it's very interesting how an- another 3-1 result away. And, of course, it's Abby Harrison who gets the consolation goal. It's a, it's a record you don't want to want to be part of. But, mm. yeah, it's um, had a bit of hope then, obviously, when it was 2-1. And then I thought we were going to you know, push on, but also I had the feeling that, you know, this is too late. You know, why are we always chasing? This is just this, this is the, the story of our season is just chasing, chasing, chasing. Um, and it was just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought we played a little bit better in the second half. Um, you know, evidently we got a goal, uh, but you know, their killer, their third goal was just, I just summed it all up really, doesn't it? There was, really really soft foul I thought given by the referee and then it was a deflected free kick and it's just absolute crap yeah absolutely DM like of course just when I thought we were back into a yeah Anessa Kagman who um famous for scoring penalties for Brighton um got uh got another goal made a 3-1 um which I thought the game surely would have been dead and buried by then and Again, another random moment I noticed was I thought there was a pitch invasion on the 66th minute. And when I mean a pitch invasion, I mean a second ball on the pitch. Yep. That, there's, there's literally like not much exciting positive things to talk about. So literally I am noticing these other things that happened. Actually, D- you did, we did notice that. And DM I did, did <clears throat> exclaim, there's a second ball on the pitch. I did. And it, it was kicked off very quickly. Mm. Um, yeah, that was a real moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm surprised. Enjoyed, to s- enjoyed that. 
I'm surprised the security or the stewards, you know, didn't kick the ball out for you for like, you know, invading the, the pitch, you know, get like a match, you know, a ban from like pitches and stadiums and stuff. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't have much else to say about the second half, um, other than on the 80th minute when Kira Scales came off for Flo Allen. Yeah, I mean, I thought Ebony Salmon had a few chances, um, but she it was just too much. It was too much for her to, to try and do. It was really disappointing. And in a way, I'm glad that we didn't win because if we had won, Birmingham would have gone down and that would not have sat well with me given the nature of what that would have meant for that club and the nature of getting relegated. So I'm glad that in, in a way we're not sitting here going, we're safe and Birmingham got relegated uh, due to an administrative error and also some do- other, you know, the other points that they w- was taken off them. You know, they've had an amazing, they've had a terrible season, obviously, but the the resilience of, of that club, of that team and, and the manager, I just think, needs to be really celebrated because that's that's team spirit that's sticking together that's fighting for each other they like one sub didn't they yeah they had one sub yesterday just just to not confuse our listeners um of course if you want to hear more opinions about birmingham city women of uh, do check out the wonderful brummers blue podcast hosted by the aforementioned craig hadley um of course i just wanted to mention yeah to dm and now of course um birmingham did lose one nil to spurs um and other results um Unfortunately, made no difference to Bristol City's position in the WSL table. Um, West Ham lost 1-0 to Man City, even after their goalkeeper, Mackenzie Arnold, saved a couple of penalties for West Ham. And um, in what became a regular theme for Aston Villa, they somehow drew 0-0 against Arsenal. And if you look at the final table, uh, Bristol City um, played 22, 1-2, Drawn six, lost 14. Goal difference minus 54 on 12 points. Uh, and Birmingham dropped down to 11th uh, on 14 points. Aston Villa went up to 15 points. So Aston Villa have the bragging rights you know, of being above Birmingham in, in the table. But of course, that's probably j- down to the uh, points deduction that Birmingham had. And West Ham have come to be safe, we come to be over- already safe with 15 points. Um, and the interesting fact from Tom Gary, the women's football reporter for the, for the Telegraph, was um, he pointed out that um, Birmingham and West Ham managed to stay up without a single home victory in the WSL at all this season. And Bristol City um, haven't failed to win a game away this season compared to last year when Bristol City's two wins against Man United and Birmingham were both away. Uh, looking at the Stats for the last time uh, for this game, um, Brighton had 67% possession compared to Bristol City's 33%. Brighton had 14 shots on target, so 14 shots with four on target compared to Bristol City's nine with two on target. Brighton had six fouls, sorry, six corners compared to Bristol City's two, and Brighton had 10 fouls compared to Bristol City's 21. Yep, and and <laughs> looking at the at the goal going the goal scoring stats, uh, the top goal scorers, um. Ebony Salmon was joined 13th with six. Uh, however, was no way going to catch up uh, with Sam Kerr, who ended up with 21 goals. And of course, Chelsea, congrats to Chelsea, we have to say, on their WSL title. Congratulations, oh. Chelsea. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm really happy for, I'm, I'm happy for you, um, Chelsea fans. Um, 
you're an amazing team it's they are bloody mm. amazing aren't they but and and of course, I just want to, um, of course, I especially give a shout out to Redden, who after the, the fifth goal that they scored, their admin posted, we think Chelsea might win the league now. <laughs> uh, and of course, speaking of Chelsea fans, of course, we um, after the final result, we do want to shout out to all the various fans and other podcasts that send good wishes to the Vixen cast, you know, best of luck to Bristol City for next season, particularly Wentimo Kings Meadow, um, the CFCW social uh, relatively football since 71. I apologize if there's more, but I, I, I can't remember them all off the top of my head. Um, but I just want to say like, one last thing about the game. Am I right in thinking that we played much better last week against Man United than we did against Bayern yesterday? 100%. Yeah, we looked like we could win against um, Man United or at least draw, hold out. But we just, I don't think we ever looked like we were going to get anything out of the game yesterday. No, I mean, I think Matt Beard said that in one of his interviews said that, he, you know, almost like the, the occasion got the better of them or it was too much of a build up for them um, in the end. And, you know, it's just a shame because I think we have actually proved this season that we can play a big game. That game at Ashton Gate was was a big game. That was a really lot of pressure on the team and they they delivered and they've delivered, you know, they have delivered at, at times. And, you know, I wonder if that Continental Cup final was a bit of a poison chalice for Bristol, actually, because we were on a, quite a roll up to that point in, ter- in terms of our season and turning it round. And it was actually a massive bummer, wasn't it, losing 6-0 um, in the final in, in such a game that was really built up. You know, and I would, you know, I'm not going to use this word lightly, quite humiliating, actually. It's quite a humiliating thing you know as much as I I love all you Chelsea um podcasters and have enormous respect for your your side it's fucking horrible excuse my language to to play um to play you mm-hmm. <laughs> and lose six nil to you and I'm sure that's uh um that's how the players felt so I mean uh, it's it's not just against us I mean as I said uh, they beat Chelsea five nil yesterday and even if I it do. was f- yeah, the, sorry, the Be Ready final yesterday. And um, yeah, um, you mentioned about the Connie Cup final. Do you think that's the one positive in the season? Because, I mean, it's been, let's be honest, it's been an awful season. It's probably, well, it's probably the worst season I've experienced as a Bristol City women fan. I mean, I've said before, like, um, I was expecting relegation, but when it was fully, when it was finally confirmed, I, I felt, you know, like absolute shit, you know, um, probably going to add a bleep to that DM. Uh, but yeah, I've, it's all right. I've already said the F word. So <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's so weird, you know, like I was expecting, I was preparing for the, the, the relegation, but when it happened, man, I, I felt awful. You know, I just had to like get away from like social media, stop looking on my phone, you know, stop updating the Vixen cast social media accounts, you know, just go for a walk, watch the Formula One highlights and unfortunately miss hold the line and the women's football today, live earnings that happened yesterday because I, I just needed a break from women's football. And of course, as me, as we agreed, m- myself uh, and DM and that, we said if City were to get relegated, we would postpone recording until t- tonight. And I feel a lot better because uh, because of the news we're going to talk about. But of course, other things, because even though it's the end of the season, there's already been other news going around the WSL and Championship, which is bizarre because it's just... It's just, it's been over 24 hours <laughs> since the end of the season. And yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, the lift's been the lid's been lifted, hasn't it, on a lot of stuff? And I bet Nat doesn't know half of it. I don't know any of it. No, <laughs> no. I, have to, I did. I did tell you when you walked through the door. Oh, but you tell me quite a lot when I get through the door. You were telling me about that some comes... weird tax as well, mm. weren't you, from the from 1930s? <laughs> yeah, the tithe, tithe yeah, protest. So I don't know how I meant to um, hold all that in my head and women's true. football facts. It's I true. mean, before we do the postmortem, as you joked DM a few weeks ago, um, should we hear from someone who? somewhat enjoyed the game yesterday yes indeed the um the brighton fan natalie natalie what's her last name ellis um, natalie ellis here you are here you are natalie telling us about your experiences thank you very much and um enjoy your fawsl season next year but brighton have been fantastic this year and hope powell is a legend and they did beat chelsea didn't they uh, they did beat chelsea and she's awesome so and they finished sick from the table that's yeah. for good on him so yeah good good for you guys hi this is nat i'm one half of the albia women fan page you can find us on instagram and facebook with the at being albion.women um i think today's game was really exciting on both parts um bristol brought everything they could to the game and and i really enjoyed it um to be honest, I mean, the standout part, any kind of standout part of the game, there was, wasn't really anyone in particular because there was a lot of uh, really good, um, really good things to see. Um, certainly, I wouldn't have been able to choose player of the game because I don't feel that anyone particularly stood out. Everyone kind of deserved it. Um, I think the ref was pretty whistle happy, um, not, not just for Brighton. Um, against Brighton as well. I think that kind of probably didn't help the flow of the game because it was very stop-start. I mean, I guess the goals, all three of the goals, they were good to see. Um, shame to see Bristol relegated. Um, but hopefully keep your heads up and back again following season. So we're now relegated. So Bristol are relegated. We've had a really bad season, as um, we've already made clear um, throughout this podcast and probably throughout every other episode <laughs> this um, this season, although there have been some good times. Nat, why do you think we have been relegated? What do you think the key reasons are? Um, we got fewer points than all the other teams. So um, that was probably the main one. It was mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, throw me, throw me more of a, more of a, a bone right. here. Okay, so under Tanya, we didn't get any... How many points did we get? Two? Mm. Yeah, so um, not enough points at critical moments. We didn't beat the teams around us. Uh, should have got things against... Should have got points against teams like Birmingham, Villa, West Ham, and any team that was doing particularly badly on a certain day. Like Man United should have tried to do something uh, where we you know, got a point. We just had an inability to accrue points at critical moments. Shaham, what about you? Key um, key points, key lack I, of points. <laughs> I mean, Nad's raised some great points. I don't know if I could do any better or worse than that. I don't know. Better, yeah, do or, worse, in, that's the theme. <laughs> um, oof, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I, I think some of the issues, you know, that have faced City women this season, you know, have kind of, carried on from last season you know um i mean we had you know we had the optimism you know going ahead to like the new season and of course it was great to see football come back 
Oh, the, oh, the optimism back then. And but yeah, I, I think like after losing like the first game four 0 and then of course when we were went to Twan Park in November with our media passes to watch the game against Birmingham, I think I remember UDM whispering to me saying, "We're going to get relegated, really aren't we?" Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I mean, as great as the additions were, well, some of the additions, you know, like obviously Ellen Mashatonia made an impact, and well, she's been she's been my favorite signing of the season. Um, try and think of, of players that have left, you know, what dif- whether their impact may have been missing since they, of course, you look at like Poppy Panson, who's gone on to Everton, but I can't really recall what impact she's had over there. Liv Chance, who um went to Sheffield United in the championship, but then moved back down under to play for Brisbane Wall and had a fantastic season with them in the W League. Um, Katie Robinson, who of course went to Brighton, but unfortunately suffered an ACL injury, so we didn't mm. really get to see her. And of course, there's Frankie Brown, who I assume has retired because she hasn't appeared in any of a, she she hasn't appeared for any other football team that I'm I'm aware of. But yeah, um, I think the players we brought in, like I think Laura Rafferty was a great addition um, for a lot of the games. And yeah, I think some of the other players were so so like Molly Pike, and who again was great at first, but you know, as we point out, the her partnership with Carla Humphrey was some, some that didn't fully gel all the time. Mm. Um, and also, like another thing I just need to point out is like the fitness issue because, yeah, when Matt Bear first came in, um, of course he told us and he told like I think he told the me- some some of the media that like the team had a lot of fitness issues, uh, which he wanted to resolve. And um, one last thing I want to mention is like I don't know whether it's part of the coaching, you know. Again, uh, obviously, this obviously while I go to the, the responsibility of like the head coach, you know, I don't know whether you know. I mean, I think like the physio has come in and like the head of goalkeeping, uh, you know, your Billy and uh, Dan Smith. I've, I think they've done a great job from what I can tell. Uh, Ellen Davis, um, I think she's, she's she's done a great job. Um, and I think it's something we pointed out last season. I'm not saying I blame him, but it's something that was mentioned to me by someone like last season when the problems first started to emerge. That was also also the season that Marco came in as the assistant manager. Um. I don't know. That was t- a lot for me to uh, explain or go over, but yeah, no. There's, I mean, there's loads of good points there, and just in terms of you know what you're saying about the fitness issue, um, that was a massive difference that Matt Bibb made. Um, see, I'm quite just. Dis- I am disappointed right now, and I am upset. So I'm not going to be, um, you know, s- saying too many positive things because I, I am upset. But you're right that the 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 improvements there were dramatic, and actually that was something. I thought throughout the first half of the season is that we, you know, we looked soft. We weren't aggressive enough in, um, in the tackles in that we weren't competing in the football matches. And I think that probably had a lot to do with, we weren't mean enough. We weren't, you know, we just, just weren't, we weren't tough enough. And I think that was something that Matt was able to rectify when he came in. But I think, yeah, it's, Oh, I don't know what I was going to say, but I think overall, I think the 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 standards has improved so much in in the league, and we just we obviously haven't kept up with it, and that is a a big problem. And I think sometimes I just think sometimes there's been a stubborn um, 
attachment to certain certain players um and I just I haven't understood I just don't understand it I don't understand why certain players have been consistently played um when they they haven't actually been performing in the matches why certain players are playing 90 minutes and why other players are not given a starting chance and I mean sorry Karen yeah yeah that's my main that's my main thing and I just like yeah particularly particularly as we the thing that we were missing last season was was a, a really like quality midfielders and I feel like we got quality midfielders we brought them in did some good recruitment but you know obviously Amy Palmer had that injury that kept her out for a while and like arguably she hasn't really found the form that she was in before she got injured I think sometimes the team selection has has not I, I haven't quite understood it yeah so you you think you know whenever like both Oxby and Mad Bill have been in charge respectively. You, you don't think there's been like a perfect 11 at all? Um, yeah, no, no. Well, actually, I'd, I thought, I actually thought one of the better 11s we had was was, was when we had um, Skills and Evans and Perfield and either Flo, Allen or Faye Bryson, um, depending on the match. And then Jazz in front of her, then um, Master Antonio, um oh I don't know just trying to th- trying to think of the yeah but that at least that at the back I thought that was a really good a good thing and then having you know having the Palmer Mastro Antonio type um interchangeability like they're a similar type player and I just I think if we could build our built our season and our tactics a bit more around that and being brave with that and trusted mm-hmm. trusted those players to express themselves and to imprint themselves on the league, um, and empowered them to. Then oh, I don't I don't think everything would have been different. But like certainly, I just it's I don't know. It's just it's. I'm not the manager. I'm not a football manager. I'm not dealing with them, like do, dealing with the players every day. So I don't know. Mm. Um, I think one thing we have to consider is again you mentioned about the defense and the midfield is. Again, whether like how often they were able to gel or not gel in the sense, you know, of course, having conceded so many goals. Of course, some of them, there was nothing that they could do because there were obviously long shots, you know, from like halfway line or other great goals you score by some other teams. But do you think that that's also a factor as well? It doesn't seem fair in some ways that we've conceded so many goals because I actually feel like I think like our defensive unit was one of the weird successes of the season skills and Evans when they got a little partnership going I thought that was fantastic Gemma Evans has just been brilliant Perfield was a great signing Faye Bryson is just now getting back to her end of last season self because she was astonishing end of last season wasn't she she was absolutely wonderful you know um yeah I just think and and baggers like you know if you think about our defense I think that's such a great unit um, Flo Allen played brilliantly when Yana Daniels had to play in defence. She did a really good job. I, I just I feel like it's a real shame for our defenders that we've conceded so many goals, and I really don't necessarily think it's because of the defensive unit that we've that we've conceded goals. I think that's a whole team thing and a possession thing. Like you will concede more goals if you don't have the ball if people are just attacking you all the time. 
you'll concede more goals. I yeah. just I, it doesn't it just doesn't sit right with me that 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 group of defenders, like young as they may be, we talk about how young our squad is all the time. I just don't think it's down to them, and it doesn't seem fair that we've conceded so many goals because I actually feel like a lot of the time they've played brilliantly mm. and they've been something to be really proud of. Yeah, because late neighbours say when we were under when Oxby was in charge, we we had only one way of playing, and that was just counterattacking, no possession. Um, yeah, it was very it was very reactive, and I mean that's the one positive thing about Matt Beard. One, you know, there's been lots of positive things about his intervention into the squad, is the introduction of a, a diverse a range of tactics, but. Um, yeah, even then, I think I say I think it's it possibly it started the rot started to set in. Not it's not it's not rot, but the the momentum started to um, be compromised. I think around the Continental Cup final, that was that was a real a real um, humbling moment. I think for that group of players, and it's yeah, it's a shame really. Um, but yeah, we just you know we just haven't taken the points where we've needed to. So. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I, I, I don't know. Well, again, because it's our last match day episode of the season, of course, um, with relegation now confirmed, um, we don't know whether what the contracts process is for a lot of the players. DM and that, is there any player who you think will leave or is there any player who you want to leave? Oh, Shahan, that's, um, <laughs> that's a bit mean. <laughs> I, I think we try to be cosy wizards on this uh, podcast, don't we? Um, poddy wizards no um, worries I, I, think I, I, I don't know I wouldn't blame anyone for leaving I think they all get given such short contracts anyway don't they maybe towards the end they were all just maybe they'd all kind of mentally jump ship anyway I think that's possible I really do think that is and I think that's that's something I think we ask a lot of the players and, and not excusing people if they do if they do that but the mental the stress and strain on those players to keep it together particularly if they're on short contracts is I imagine it would be immense. I mean, you know, if you've ever done, if you've ever been on a short-term contract, precarious contract, and, you know, you know it's coming to an end, um, your, you know, your commitment to that role is, you know, just as a human being, it's really hard to maintain a commitment to that role, I think. And they, and we are, you know, they are workers at the end of the day. And, um, and we, we need to remember that. And they're not paid a lot of money. Um, in relative terms to, you know, their male con- counterparts in the elite um, leagues. And um, I think, yeah, if you're in a group and you all know there's whispers going around in the group that so-and-so's leaving or, um, you know, whatever, Ebony Salmon's going to go and, I don't know, play for Everton or um, Leicester or wherever she's going to go, Arsenal, I don't know. She's going to leave. Ebony Salmon's going to leave. That's fine. And, you know, she deserves to leave. I don't think she'll be a regular starter if she plays for the any of those even top top five clubs, if you include Everton in that. I think she will continue to be a player who would come off the bench and have an impact. Um, and I think that's how she that's how she'll probably be her career will evolve um within the context of those top teams. I think I do think it is difficult that um in terms of I think she'll leave. I think Vaggers may leave. Um I don't know. I think she probably, you know, she deserves to be playing at the top. She's she's a great keeper. Um, some of her saves this season have been absolutely breathtaking. She's, 
I think for me, one of the best, um, still one of the best players I've ever seen live, like goalkeepers, certainly. Definitely the best Bristol goalkeeper that I've seen. Um, I mean, she, she, she did win the Sophie Trophy after all, but we'll talk more about more about awards uh, later on. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. Um, I think a lot of players are going to go. I think there's going to be an exodus. I think it's possible Gemma Evans might go. Um, she's had a brilliant season. She deserves to be playing at the top level. Um, I think especially if she wants to, you know, still play for her country. But I have noticed about the Welsh team, like uh, some of the other home nations, that they do have players from the championship in their national team. Yeah, I don't think that would be a problem. I think she'd continue to play um, undoubtedly. But she, you know, she's really, she's brilliant. She's, she's a great, she's a really good, really, really good player. And that's, she's been my player of the season, actually, Gemma Evans. I think she's been the most consistent player. She's, she's, she's been really good every, every game. Yeah. And uh, I'm just looking at like the, the lone players, you know, I think obviously they'll go back to their parent clubs, obviously Laura Rafferty to, to Brighton, uh, Molly Park to Everton, Kira Skills to Reading. Um, I don't know whether they're going to go out on loan or whether, you know, they prove to the parent clubs, you know, this is what we can do week in, week out. Do you want to, you know, person in the squad? But of course that's, that's a, well, we just have to see what happens really. And of course, one big issue is, well, a couple of big issues. One is, um, Again, because we're now missing out, or the team will now be missing out on the lucrative WSL TV deal. Um, of course, when we play games in the championship, um, don't know how they're going to be broadcast. If they're going to be broadcast, we assume they're going to be on the FA player. And of course, with our mind, we don't know whether, um, you know, whether we're still going to be a trial park or even another st- ground. But of course, we'll just have to wait in here from the club to find out. And the last thing to find out or is to see who's going to be in charge next season because... Gemma Davis, the- Gemma Davis, surely that's that's who's going to be in charge. I mean, I mean, proven was, championship manager, right? That, that was the big breaking news today. Like as well as Marcus Bignot leaving as interim manager, and then the news afterwards that uh, Gemma Davis and her assistant are also leaving as well. And come come to Bristol, Gemma. You're welcome. Um, actually, we'd, love, we'd love to have you. I mean, that, wouldn't that be good if yeah. Carla Ward doesn't go somewhere else? Um, and you know, she'd she'd surely. If Carla Ward left Birmingham, she'd surely be first in line for the Birmingham job. I mean, this is on the assumption that mm-hmm. this this is on the assumption that Matt Bill is not going to stay, which, to be honest, is probably not likely. I mean, there's still the rumor about him going to Liverpool, and of course, um, Lee Billiard, the head of women's football, he posted in a tweet thanking Matt Bill for his work and said, you know, um, I, I look forward to working with you again, which clearly signifies, you know, that his contract. Uh, will be coming to an end. It will not be extended. And of course, there's still no news and if or you know Tanya Oxby will return to the club. I mean, personally, I I don't think I want her to come back because after the negativity in regards to her style of play and of course that kind of like alienated a lot of fans and and but yeah, I will say this: if Matt Beard does come to Liverpool or join Liverpool, imagine if next season's fixtures. We play Liverpool away on the last day of the season, as a as a repeat of what happened in WSL a few years ago. It's a it's a tantalising prospect, and um, of course, if Matt Beard does decide to say, you know, that would also be okay and um, good, a good thing. I don't think he's going to stay. Um, I don't think Tanya. Uh, she might come back for a while, but I don't know. She wasn't getting the results. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. We need a change. We need we need a new manager. Yeah, and something like more long term permanent. What well, you know, one that could get the players motivated, you know, could give the confidence of 
to them and also to the fans because I mean I don't know I'm worried you know whether some fans you know might stop watching the team or might not stop going to the games you know of course when fans can return to games um, in the future but one thing I, I have looked at of, of the championship is well this season there was only 11 teams in the championship and of course congratulations to Leicester City uh, for winning promotion to the WSL hopefully they'll do well enough in the W. Hopefully they'll do better than we did this season. Uh, and of course, if you look at the rest of the table, um, Durham, impressive as they are, being fully independent, finished second, above Liverpool, finished third. And if you look at the other teams in the championship for next season, of course, Sheffield United, Lewis, London City Lionesses, Crystal Palace, Charlton Athletic, Blackman Rovers, and Coventry United, there are currently no other teams. Well, the nearest teams to us are either London-based or there's Coventry or slightly further afield in in Lewis and East Sussex. However, there is the caveat today that Yeovil United, formerly known as Yeovil Town, um, who is soon to be known as Bridgewater Town, have applied for a licence to play in the Championship next season. And if successful, it could be a repeat of the WSL2 from 2016 when Yeovil and Bristol City competed and both gradually got promoted to the WSL. Yeah, it'd be nice. I had some nice memories of going down and watching Bristol Yeovil matches. Um, although it'd be Bridgewater now. Um, yes, I believe they'll be for next season, and I think um, they'll be playing in Bridgewater anyway. Which will always be, you know, also nice. I'm sure. Um, trip down to Somerset, <laughs> Somerset way. Um, yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to it. There'll be new people to meet, new friends to make and all of that stuff. Um, thinking positively about it. There'll be new grounds to visit. And that's something as football fans, um, surely we all enjoy. So exactly. it's the, it's the match day experience. And my God, let's, let's get a bit of a match day experience back. If we're, if we're going to be hugging people next week, which I'm not going to be doing, I'm not touching anyone for at least another two years. Well, not, not um, even now. No, no, I touched no, that. <laughs> We've agreed, haven't we? It's too risky. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely no touching in this house. Um, Yeah. What was I going to say? You're not touching anyone. Yeah. But you will go to Lewis. I am going to. Yes, exactly. There (laughs) we go. That's it. That should be our new um, tag. Yeah. Tagline. Can you sort that out, please? Yeah. I just want to say about the uh, Bristol Sea Sports Club end of season awards, which myself and yourself, DM, took part in. Uh, Nat um, is not a board member and unfortunately was not able to attend because, and of course, you were working anyway. Um, exactly. I was at my job. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and I would not be able to um, attend evening meetings that I hear you go to on Zoom. Just haven't got the mental capacity. <laughs> I struggle a bit, to be honest, but um, <laughs> I try. But yes, I think, um, I think you're doing a great job representing uh, the Bristol City women fans. So keep it up and please keep attending. So I yeah. don't have to. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's a great thing to be, you know, it's a great thing to be part of. And I think that's been a real, actually been a massive positive thing that's happened this year is, is being on the board of the Sports Club and Trust and massive thanks to, Deb Stillworth, and of course, of the Football Supporters Association, who is an absolute legend, let's face it. I mean, the woman, we don't even have words for how great Deb Stillworth mm-hmm. is, do we? No, no. In fact, it's become an adjective in our house, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that is Deb Stillworth. <laughs> and also, just because that was the, the first ever time that a woman's player 
the women's team has a Bristol City Supporters Club and Trust Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year award. And it was won by... Ebony Salmon. Both times. Yes. Sorry for me not saying it twice. Um... No, it possibly did say it. But <laughs> Ebony, well... Ebony Salmon. <laughs> Salmon. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we, myself and DM were able to present the awards um, earlier this week. Um at the Robbins High Performance Center, she has. Yes. Talked about that. Oh, Oh, yes. I mean, yes, we were there as well to also present Sophie Bagley with the Sophie Trophy. And uh, myself and DM, we saw the photos, the photo George West took of the three of us. And I got lampooned on on social media by my friends because of how far away I was standing. Listen, you're just following the guidelines, mate. You carry on. You go on the guidelines. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's true. But um, compared to DM, I was standing Ew. further away, Listen. and I got pointed out. Rule breaker. <laughs> and I, I got pointed out. Um, I think people sent me a comparison of uh, when Ashley Cole was a rumor of the photo of him standing, you know, with his arms behind his back, away from the rest of the team. And someone else sent me a photo of the Welsh national team with Natasha Harding standing by herself, while all the other t- t- players were posing for the photo. God, why don't I see this? Can somebody can you send God. this to me? Do you know because you were making dinner? Yeah, no, it's, it's, you were reading about that weird text from the thirties. <laughs> it's been shared on our, on our Vixen Cast social Is media. It? Okay, yes. I need to. I was obviously grieving yesterday. I didn't see it. Um. <laughs> and um, of course, um, yeah. So we present the, the photo, um, the awards to Ebony. Sam. we got a photo with us. Well, myself and DM got a photo with <laughs> Ebony, and uh, and of course, I went back there on Thursday. Um, again for the men's awards, which was uh, I think a slightly bigger presentation with because when my seven DM were there on the Wednesday, uh, the squad were elsewhere on the facility, and then uh, Ebony and Sophie were introduced to us by George, and of course Lee Bleed was, was there as well. We had a nice chat with him, um, and then on Thursday, like the whole team, the whole the men's team came out, and then Mike Adams, who's another born member, he gave a speech, and then we ha- and then myself and Mike present the award. Uh, to the men's player of the year, Dan Bentley, and then other board members presented other awards. And there was a fully professional camera setup, uh, whereas George just used his phone. But um, obviously, I, I think the, the resources for the Thursday were not available <laughs> for the Wednesday. Are you trying yeah. to say there's some sort of major disparity between the resources provided for the men's and women's teams, Shahan, at your personal experience? Um, well, it, I mean, it's hard to say for this year because usually the end of season awards are usually done on the last game of the season. But of course, this year uh, we were invited. Uh, thank you to Lee Bean and George West, by the way. Um, and of course, the Sports <laughs> Club and Trust for inviting us to the Robins High Performance Centre. But next year, of course, the game, the awards will be presented at Ashen Gate and TBC, wherever we'll end up playing our games next season. Aren't well, they, let's they, uh, let's just hope we hang on, hang on in the in the on the board, so we can be part of the, those uh, presentations. I thought there'd be a glitzy kind of um, black tie event. Let's wrap it up. Let's, let's yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, let's I put mean, it to bed. Let's let's um, let's relegate it. Let's, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's relegate this season I, podcast to. I mean, before we before we go, uh, I, of course, I just want to give. You're going to make me cry again, Shahan. No, no. Um, I'm I'm just want to give you know, a special shout out to all the other platforms who help promote the Vixen Cast. Yeah, um, particularly BBC Radio Bristol, especially Jeff Trayman, Sound Sound of the City. Thank you for featuring myself, DM, and Nat in whatever combination to appear on your show. Uh, hopefully, we'll be invited next season. Uh, hopefully, we might even be in the studio with Jeff. We'll see what happens. And Oof. of course, f- thank you to um, Bristol Train Four Seven 
especially to Martin Booth for reaching out to us and for DM to write articles for them. Um, also, yes, like I said, special shout out to like, I'm just naming a few podcasts, you know, um, Brummers Blue, uh, uh, MCW Fancast, On and Off the Pitch, Hold the Line, uh, Since 71, uh, Her Football Hub, the Women's Football Podcast. And thank you to every single fan who's listened and every single fan of every other WSL team and championship team we played against for contributing uh, to our podcast. Um, and of course, thank you to the listeners around the world. And hopefully there's more championship podcasts, you know, we can compare and listen to all other championship fans to find. Because of course the championship, again, it's, it's, a, it's a new kettle of fish for me because I've never experienced, a, you know, following the women's team in the second tier, obviously DM and that you experienced it several we years ago we did but we weren't doing all this media malarkey so it's um it's going to be a wild wild ride and i think we're going to have a nice time once once we've once we've coped with the uh you know the undoing and unraveling of, of the team and um we'll get some new players new players will start signing we'll get excited the new kits will be announced and we'll be like oh i like the kit i oh, like I the training kit. i'm already excited um, you know it's, it's that kind hummel. of thing it's the cycle of of renewal and degradation, humiliation, and rebirth, and oh, that renewal, is right degradation, up your street, and isn't rebirth, it? and new kits, new training wear, new scarf for you, new scarf, new, new scarf, new season, new scarf, new, scarf, new, new you, what relegation, what relegation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the last time this match day season, uh, you have been listening to episode twenty-five with the Bristol City Vixen cast. The producer and editor was DM Withers. The art, the music was by Annie Gardiner. The artwork was by Shahan Mir, and the woman who was too extreme to run for Bristol Mayor was Nab Brown. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you so if you're still into women's football, there's the Women's FA Cup, which is happening this weekend, and then there's the Champions League final happening next weekend. Good luck, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, go ahead, Chelsea. <laughs> and of course, I just want to uh, encourage to our listeners, you know, just keep following us on social media throughout the summer. Hopefully, DM and that, you know. We'll do something over the summer. I don't know what, you know, player interviews, you know, staff interviews. Do something. We'll definitely do something. Yes. Absolutely. Um, what what yet will is to be determined. Okay, we're gonna go now. Well well done for hanging in there, everybody. Yeah, if you've got to the end, um let's send us without a, crying. Without crying, send us a message and we'll send you a bag of chicken salt. So come on, you vixens, big game ahead. Mm-hmm.